Sit back, relax. Grab your motherfucking tea. And come take a sip with the minorities. Hosted by... Your melanated queen, Dariel. Your favorite it boy, Logan. And your token gay, Chris. Alright, welcome back ladies, gays, theys, and the people that aren't them. Thank you for clicking on this episode of the podcast. Before we get started, I just want to give a nice happy welcome. Happy Pride Month, you gays. Finally, our fucking we time to shine. Pride Month all year long around these parts, but but the rest of the world celebrates us on this one month. Yeah, yeah. that's the only time that the gays exist and that they matter. True. Every every other time of the year, they can go fuck themselves. True. Uh, but anyways, um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about gay history. Um, and so each of us kind of got like, <clears throat> like louder? Yeah. Okay. Each of us uh, brought in a topic. And um, so Chris's topic is drag queens, if I'm not mistaken. Dariel's topic is just like a general like gay history um, kind of throughout the times. Um, and then I am doing um, important figures in gay history that uh, maybe not a lot of people know about. Okay. Yeah, but before we jump into that, we are going to go ahead and do our mental health check. First one in a minute, it feels like. It feels like it's been fucking ages since we've been able to sit down and record. So, who wants to start? I got a lot. <laughs> you can go first? I think you should go first. Okay. So, we recorded an episode about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out that it only recorded the intro. So, it didn't catch any of the, didn't catch any of the actual episode. So, we scrapped it. I don't even remember what we were talking about. But... I have a nice long mental health check for everyone. <laughs> Lately oh, yeah. and recently, I've been good. The entire month of May really sucked for me. Really fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. So to start it off, um, me and my boyfriend broke up. So now I'm living the bachelor life. Um, That was at the beginning of May. Right. And uh, then the literally the day after... Like, less than 12 hours after we broke up, uh, he fell asleep at the wheel while driving to work, and he got into a really gnarly accident and uh, fractured two um, vertebrae in his back. So that was super awesome. Um, yeah. Terrifying. So I spent the entire next day in the hospital with him, taking care of him, making sure he was all right, and... Uh, we're still on good talking terms. Like, I'll be a little vulnerable here. Um, the the breakup was mutual. Um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy how mutual it was actually. Like, he was going, I was going to talk to him about breaking up the exact same day that he started talking to me about it, and we literally had the exact same reasons why. So, 
it was all good. It was healthy. Literally the healthiest breakup I've ever been through, which saying something because I've been through a lot of breakups. <laughs> breakups are sad, but healthy breakups are where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so because of that, I then moved out of our apartment that we had together into an unrenovated five-bedroom house. And I'm pretty sure it's haunted because I hear shit all the time, like banging and everything, which is super fun. You know, I'm no, you know, we had a, we had a paranormal episode come out. I'm no stranger to the paranormal. So it's just another adventure. House to another. (laughs) Literally. I know. Um, so I'm living here now. I got all my stuff moved in. I'm finally settled and it's really nice. I got all my plants. Um, I previously had five cats, um, and I decided to only take the one cat that I even wanted. I didn't want all five cats to begin with, so I got my little Jolene here. She's she's less than a year old still, and she's my little cuddle bug. I love her, and I got my oh, five. This is a random thing to throw in there. All of our cats are gonna turn one on July 11th, and I'm so freaking excited. That's true. That's yep, we have we have three siblings of the same litter. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> mm. Um, but I still got my five reptiles with me and I got my dog of course, my little Paulo Bean. Um let's see. I can't I did go and visit Daryl and Logan in Grand Junction yeah. uh halfway through May or towards the end of May actually. Mm-hmm. Um so I got to see some family, mm-hmm. I got to hang out with the besties, got to take yeah. some pictures with them. It was a blast. Which you guys will see soon. Yeah. Yes, you'll we see the cute them anywhere yet, but you'll see them soon. Don't worry. You'll see the cute little photo shoots that we did. Oh. Um but yeah, I'm doing a lot better now. I'm in a clear headspace, and I am, I'm happy, which is good, because yeah. it's been a little while since I've been happy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I was in a, I was definitely in a bit of a depression while we weren't posting, but I'm good now. Yeah. I'm all good. And yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you. And a little, a little thing to throw in. I hope I'm not jinxing it. I don't have any wood, but I do have some glass. Um, I am slightly talking to this new guy. He's super cute, super sweet. Um, and I'm like his first relationship with a guy, which is kind of weird. But I think it'll go really good. Oh, yeah. I'm also excited about that. Mm-hmm. I love I love talking to you every time that um, you guys have hung out. I'm just like hearing how sweet he is because he sounds really nice. He is. He makes you really happy. Mm. I can see how happy he makes you, and it's so cute. Yeah. He's such a sweetheart. Every time we're on FaceTime and you're not talking, I always just see you like smiling at your phone. And it's like, so I know you're texting him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anyways, now that we're done gushing over Chris's cute new boy toy. Yeah. <laughs> you should go next, Ariel. Oh, I can go next. Okay. Um, 
Wait, God. actually, no, you're sick. I'm done. Um, sorry about that. If you have couldn't tell, um, by probably the sounds of me chewing, um, we are just eating some food, so Serial's not quite done, so I'm gonna go next. Um, so all about the multitasking. Yeah, I guess yeah for the mental health check. When was the last time we posted an episode? <laughs> we did televangelism and then our dating lives. Mm-hmm. Good Lanta. Okay, so since then, um, honestly, <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking lie. I feel like since then, I've just been on a steady downhill slope, and I am just waiting for it to pick back up again. Um, I've just been kind of stuck in my head a lot the last, like, two weeks, and it's been a little rough. Um, I also had COVID, and when I got sick with COVID, um, there was like, I don't know, there was just a lot of drama with that shit, um, with our work and with, um, like just making sure that I was going to be able to work enough to pay my bills. And, um, that was really stressful. Um, and then there was like two minutes in there when I was like, damn, I have COVID and I'd be smoking all this damn weed and nicotine and like i like i was honestly afraid that i was gonna die from it that something weird was gonna come up and then it was just gonna like kill me and so like that was honestly not fun um i also don't have my second vaccine um that's why it kind of freaked me out i only got my first dose um and then after that i feel like it's just been hard to get out of the Excuse me. The loop of um, just like being stuck in my head and stressed about shit. Um, and yeah, God, I just recognized how many times I just said, "Um, sorry, guys." <laughs> um. Oh. <laughs> Listen, it. I'm thinking, so there's a lot of. It's my brain. Um. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah so my my mental health has been like okay like i definitely don't like want to die or anything but life is not necessarily great right now um but i know it'll get better and things will pass and things will change and because we're always changing like every day as human beings we change so i know things will get better and things will get worse again at some point and that's just like how life is so um, but mental health right now, we're going to say with, or stick with pretty, I'm going to say I this time. Pretty I. <laughs> okay. All right. Half snaps in the chat. Snaps. Just one. Snaps in the chat. <laughs> claps in the club. <laughs> you deserve some claps in the club. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I didn't give a final <laughs> consensus, but. I just realized the... that. As of right, it's been a while since we've recorded, you guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as of, I'm gonna say, as of this moment right now, I'm doing pretty good. Yo. Oh, yeah. Snap. Snaps in the chat. I love it. All right, I guess I'll round this out. Um, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. My life is kind of boring most of the time, so I'd say overall, like. April 
April was the really hard month for me personally. So I finally kind of have not, I don't want to say like gotten over the hump, but I've like started to feel a little bit better. I'm not quite so sad all the time. Like I feel like I'm able to, I don't have like anxiety all the time. Because yeah. that's what happens when I get sad. Um, but I feel like overall I've been doing really well. Like work's going good. I'm so freaking excited for this goddamn camping oh, yeah. trip with Chris. Oh my god, I'm so stoked. I can't I, freaking wait. I totally forgot to to even mention that. <laughs> Same. Because the only thing I've been looking forward to for months. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Oh, it's going to be... I'm so excited to see you guys. Uh, and it's only four days, but it's going to feel like a whole fucking two weeks that we were there. Because it's going to be magical. I hope so. I'm so excited. Same reason. But yeah, other I'd say overall everything is going pretty well. Like I'm keeping my house in order, which is nice because I can't always keep up on stuff like that because it's exhausting. But I don't know. Essentially, I'm doing pretty okay. I ain't got really much shit planned right now. So snaps, snaps in the chat, claps in the club. Snaps in the chat, claps in the club. Yeah, I think that about does it for our mental health check, though. Yeah. Per. Hell yeah, y'all. Well, are you ready to get into this Pride Month machine? Absolutely. I am as well. Um, so right, Derry so yells, since I think yours goes back the farthest, you should probably start us off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I just took a bite of Rice Krispie Treat. Give me two seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's what I'll start with. Um, this by no means is all gay history from wherever I start with to wherever I end. There is, I learned, obviously there's a lot of history no matter what you're going to look at, right? Like history just has a long line of everything. When I tell you, I did not know the beast I was getting into when I decided that my topic was going to be like LGBT or like gay culture over the years. When I tell you guys, I could have sat here and researched for six fucking months (laughs) and still not have been done. I'm serious. Like my hand was cramping every time I was having to write information down because I didn't know anything. Like, I thought I knew about, like, a little bit of gay history, at least. Like, I thought I was, you know, at least a little educated. I, at least for the stuff as far back as, like, the Roman times and whatnot, I knew nothing. I didn't even know gay people, like, existed as far back as that. Obviously, they did, but... You wouldn't know it because of the history. (laughs) What I said, my first note is, so yes, being gay goes back to the beginning of fucking time, just like everything else. What a shocker. What a shocker. the first thing I wrote down. (laughs) Church. I bet God is gay. Probably. But yeah, so that's kind of, I just kind of wanted to give you guys a little heads up because if you would like a part two, I only have my research up until, like, the 1930s, like, roughly, maybe. So if you want another episode, you need to let us know. 
email us, comment on the podcast, comment on whatever you see. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to jump into it now with that little disclaimer in there. Hell yeah. Um, so this was kind of hard for me to research because where the fuck do you start mm-hmm. is the first question. Yeah. Um, so I decided to just jump into like the Roman time period because like, I feel like that's pretty far back and like, mm-hmm. I don't want to try and break anybody's brain or my brain. So the time period of the Romans is roughly 1798 to 1837. Okay. So it is said that there was a lot of social change happening around that time too. Like there was accepted common practices, romantic sexual relationships with older men and younger boys. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on around these times. Not anything is of what we have today, which is wild to me. Yeah. So to keep going with that, obviously I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a background on everything before it really starts picking up into like the gay or the LGBTQ of it all because, you know, there has to be a little bit of a build up in order for you to know how it all happened. So in this time period, like I said, it was really common for older men and younger boys to have sexual or romantic relationships. Um, Women and their bodies were quote-unquote protected virtues which i fucking hate um if you want to think about another way they were considered like pure and they were for bearing children that was essentially all a woman was good for um they also were heavily influenced by the greeks and they believed very strongly that roman citizens should be the dominant one and never the submissive one in a gay relationship which I thought was kind of interesting. Even though, I mean, I mean, they were pretty fluid, it seems like, so. So, like, if somebody, like, was a Roman citizen and you were, like, having sex with somebody who wasn't, the Roman citizen had to be the dominant one? That's what it sounded like in the video that I watched. Oh, also, we're gonna be putting, uh, like, a description down there. I got all my research from YouTube videos because I'm low-key kind of fucking lazy. So, um, any YouTube videos that I use to research, I will happily put in the description for you guys to, re- to like, watch at your own discretion and, you know, build your own opinion. Uh, this is just my interpretation of the research. I'll put that out there. Um, anyways, to continue with this, um... So, something pretty wild that I found out is that the younger, like, boys were sometimes castrated to preserve their youth and their quote-unquote docile and immature, like, looks for the older men who were their lovers. That's Uh, Yeah. It's very upsetting. I did not like it very much. Um, It's also stated that gay marriage wasn't common, but it wasn't something unknown. So it's more like a, like, your your life, your choice, just, like, don't fucking talk to me about it kind of thing. Like, don't uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's all, that's all really the, that's all, like, the stuff that I could find as far as, like, 
quote-unquote gay history goes as far back as the Romans. Because like they said, it wasn't a common thing, but it wasn't unheard of. So it wasn't like a super big deal if it did happen. Um, but if you guys, there's, I have a couple examples of, of Roman times of people in power who were gay or like bi or a variation of something, you know, whatever they claimed to be. And if you guys want an episode of that, like I said at the beginning, you just gotta let us know. But Whoa. here are some of the names of Roman emperors, <laughs> the way they stated it in the video is, who were more attracted to the male forum. <laughs> Who are gay as fuck. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Julius Caesar, Tiberius, um, Nero, Galbic? I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. Um, Domination, Hadrian, Elagabalus, <laughs> and Constance. I'm sorry if I just butchered all of those names. I really tried. If I had watched the video again before I did this episode, it probably would have been better. But I, do like that. I wrote them down. Those are the names. I'll put the thing in the... Yeah, you get it. Oh. Moving on. Okay, so... This is the part of the research that took me for fucking ever. Okay, you guys. I literally have six pages. Front and back. Oh, wait, no. Maybe it's collectively. I have six pages collectively of notes just about the cowboy era and how gay culture was, like, shaped throughout that time period. And when I tell you I was shocked, I don't think you understand. Like, everyone sees cowboys as, like, these macho, he-man, like, sexy, oh, come-save-me kind of men. And... Kind of crazy. It's not really what they were. Not really at all. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> okay, so the cowboy days, according to Google, were the 1860s to the 1890s, which only 30 years does not seem like a long time. That's fair. Because, like, it's not. But yeah, I feel a like... lot happened in that 30 years. Yeah, well, I feel like the Wild, the wild West is, like... Cowboy times. Yeah, that's what it is. The Wild West, aka. Yeah. And I feel also like known as the Wild West. Stretches back even further, but maybe that's just. Well, it, I don't see what I felt. Well, the further back you go in time, the harder it is to kind of like see where the the strict lines in the sand are. Because mm -hmm. right now you could go back and be like, this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. But back then everything is kind of like fluid and like mm -hmm. flows into each other. So it's like, oh, it wasn't okay. It was okay it wasn't okay <laughs> it was okay but they don't document it like we do yeah. now it's not like a tally mark in a book for somebody for yeah it didn't matter because christian well maybe christianity like was a thing it definitely well, was it's super thing. i'm pretty sure it was super a thing Rip. okay anyways so to get into <laughs> the wild west i'm sorry guys i'm really trying this is just a lot of information so i'm gonna try and be as no, dude, you're just organized as I can. I was just laughing at my <laughs> thinking that Christianity wasn't around in the 1700s. You dumbass. Okay, so. God damn. Um, I started out by writing about westward expansion because that's like kind of how the like quote unquote Wild West was becoming a thing because of that. 
Um, Manifest Destiny was part of the reason that a bunch of people were moving out west. The U.S., essentially how I saw it, is the U.S. was being greedy and taking land from the east all the way through to the west, and they were using what they called civilized force to take these lands. Mm. So, yeah, that, obviously, we all know that in the history books... White people are shit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Not really. Not <laughs> <laughs> really are. Um, but there were multiple decades of settlements, and the Americans were just killing the indigenous people who owned that land. So it didn't matter, like, if they gave it to them or not, or if they signed an agreement or not. They were all just getting murdered, like, slaughtered anyways. Jesus. They almost took out the, like, an entire... What are... What is it? Like a tribe? Yeah. They ba- they almost took out an entire tribe of people. Jesus. The whole... All of them. They still are growing and, like, still alive today, but... That's good. They were almost not fucking there. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. They almost committed genocide. How many times has that happened in history, though? It's wild. It's always white people. Yep. Oh. Okay. Most. So... Since you guys kind of got that, obviously everyone has, like, relatively the same view of what, like, the Wild Wild West was, okay? So, you probably would be very surprised, I don't know if I already said this, I probably did, to know that cowboys were not as He-Man macho sexy as they are portrayed to be in all the movies, okay? They were... Those types of cowboys are an image of, like, like dreamt up from people who lived in the East, who didn't know the working conditions, who didn't understand, who just saw them as attractive men on horseback, I guess. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Because that's how they're portrayed in all the movies. (laughs) But the men were actually laborers. They were black and brown and indigenous people. Some of them were out of jail. And some of them were gay people because living the cowboy life was honestly the freest life that you could have, realistically. Unless it is a very lonely life. And some of these cowboys were still, like, owned by slave owners. And some of them were free slaves who were working for, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? For people who were previously slave owners and Mm -hmm. claimed that they weren't anymore. Which, okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to touch on that, but <laughs> we'll just move on. Um, but a theme, a common theme that you'll see among these people is they could have been running from something. Like, the black, brown, and indigenous people could have been running to save their lives, to save their families, just migrating anywhere that they felt that they could be safe and just live. And some people, like the people out of prison, they didn't want to go back, so maybe they were just on the run looking for work. Like, yeah. who knows? They could have just... Got out, live a life, and gay people, like, it's kind of hard to explain it without going into all the history of it, but basically what I'll say is, like, it wasn't, it's the same as the Roman period. It wasn't uncommon. It was more like the don't ask, don't tell kind of thing, in my opinion. Um, so, cowboys also didn't make a lot of money. Unlike the movies make you think where they get all these massive bags of gold for shooting, yeah, payouts for, like, robbing banks or some shit, I don't know. 
but they didn't make a lot of money. And until like the 1880s, they they didn't really have much like safe work. They were constantly told that they had to do all the crazy jobs. Like a lot of the jobs that cowboys did were deadly. And they didn't question it because they needed the money. That's there was a crazy. there was a many jobs. I know. It's fucking crazy. All that matters the only things that they had to qualify for were if they could hold a gun and do their job. That's all it took. Damn. That's all that qualified them. If you could hold a gun and shoot it and you can take care of your work, then you're hired. Didn't that's but that's kind of an interesting thing though, because it didn't matter if they were like indigenous or black or gay or running from jail. They just said, if you do your job, it's fine. Yeah. Which I thought. Yeah, but it sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? Like, keep your head down, (laughs) do your job, just don't fucking say anything about it. Yep. I don't think that is a coincidence. (laughs) Exactly. So, as time went on, um, the cowboys... Like, obviously people get fucking bored, because... You're just, like, out in these fields all day, like, alone, doing your job. So, cowboys are actually kind of the reason that rodeos were born for, like, entertainment purposes. But it also helped because since all these cowboys were creating, like, this little community, almost, it was a way for, like, Black and Native American people and, like, anyone to come in and have a better opportunity for something. Like, they could be a bull riding champion or they could be like something other than that and they could be very big in that in that area mm-hmm. and be well known for who they are and it doesn't matter like yeah, their ethnicity or their background yeah because yeah. everyone is just like wow they're good and it's because they were creating a whole community for themselves i like that yeah okay cowboys it was but um unfortunately as i'm sure none of you are surprised um in their workspaces if that's what you want to call them there was still rampant racism unsurprisingly even after the civil war all of these quote-unquote former slave owners still carried their antebellum beliefs into the next time period so they weren't racist but they didn't want you know whatever i i don't know they just didn't want to get shit on it's just like people who are like closet racist yeah like they just didn't want to get shit on and like fought against because they still held their views so exactly yep fucking ridiculous bullshit just like always but even after that, even with all the racism and all of the hardships that they had to go through, Cowboys still made a really good name for themselves. Like, they still, like, they started making not good money, but they were making money and they were, like, getting a good reputation earned for themselves. So people were, like, taking them seriously. So I don't, full disclosure, it was kind of hard to transition some of these topics because of the way that the YouTube video that I watched, I didn't quite understand. Or in history, it's just like a little hard to, like I said, see those fine lines yeah. drawn in the sand. So I apologize for the rocky transition and if it makes no sense. Because of a mix of all of the things that I said above, like the racism and them bringing together like the rodeo to try and create a community and stuff. 
Um, so because Chris? of a mix of all the different things, what? Did your name Chris? You weren't responding. <laughs> Go ahead, Darielle. Thank you, Chris. Shut the hell up. I love your hair, by the way. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I guess it's partly because of a mix of those things. I mean, like, women and people of color have had their own battles all of time, and we all know this. So, kind of because of a mixture of all the things before, and the Civil War passing and everything happening, women and girls um, had been told what to do, how to act, how to not act, how to maintain a husband, whatever, since the time of the Renaissance. So now that the Wild West was coming, they could kind of do whatever they wanted because out in the Wild West, nothing, there was no like structure. There was nothing that was n normal or not mm -hmm. normal, you know? So like open spaces and like a few thousand people. Exactly. So in the West, it, in my research, it's stated that this is a time like before sexuality. And, like, before they put labels on stuff, I, I, that's the best way I know how to describe it. Because they didn't see sexuality. They didn't see, like, gay, straight, lesbian, whatever. At least not in the beginning. Because the Bible had not been rewritten to say that yet. <laughs> but, basically, it came down to, it's not who you, it's not, oh, what is it? I wrote it down. It's not who you were, but what you did. That's what your sexuality was. It wasn't you as a person. It's just, like, what you were attracted to. Which is, like, all that it fucking should be. Like, why does it have to be more complicated than that? Yeah. But this is also kind of another rocky transition. Um, <laughs> This is the time where the term confirmed bachelor kind of became a thing. It was a term used for cowboys. Now, mind you, I will get into it a little bit more later, but there are and there were women who were cowboys. I want to make this clear. Some of them were women who were cowgirls, yes, but some of them were trans men who were cowboys or gay men who were cowboys. And like I said, I'll get into that later, but I just wanted to bring that up because it kind of makes a little more sense with the context. Anyways. Oh, yeah. So the term confirmed bachelor was a term used for cowboys because back then it was just unheard of that you would go your whole life without settling down, getting married, and having children. With a woman, might I add. So it was just crazy that men who didn't want to do that did it. So they were considered confirmed bachelors, and I guess eventually over time... You know, it became synonymous with being gay. Um, but basically what it was is cowboys had long jobs away from women, away from civilization, away from really anything. And they couldn't as easily access brothels. What, I don't know if any of you know what brothels are. I'm yeah. hoping you do. It's like, um, can I compare it to a strip club? Is that, is that a good comparison? It's a strip club with also some sex working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, it's a little bit of everything that and has been spread out over time. No, it's not all. Back in the Wild West, brothels were known for having, you know, like, STDs and stuff. And back in these times, 
penicillin wasn't invented yet, so you could very easily die if you got an STD. So people kind of tried to stay away from that. Um, however, because cowboys moved around a lot, if they were gay, it didn't really matter, and they were able to stay pretty, like, inconspicuous, if you will, because, like, every... It was just a common thing that cowboys had, like, kinships, right? So, like, sometimes you'd meet another cowboy and you'd be like, hey, like, we're working together for the day, great. And sometimes those relationships would form and it would keep going on over time. And it wasn't considered, like, a relationship, per se. That's why they called it a kinship. And a kinship was basically like a marriage. So, like, you could, you would, like, spend your lives together. You would have businesses together. You would move together, like, open farms. Like, it was basically like having a relationship, but without having the label. Like, they just got to live their lives and do what they needed to do. And they were just in a kinship, is what they called it. I like that. So I said, yes, they had relationships, but at the same time, it was also, like, the financially smart way to go. Mm -hmm. Because cowboys only made, I don't know if it was $40 a day or $40 a month or what it was, but each person only made $40 a whatever, and that's not a lot of money. So getting together with another cowboy, whether you are physically involved or not, financially is the smarter decision. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, and also back then, like things were so like a hundred dollars was a lot of fucking money. exactly. Like, if, and so having eighty dollars collectively would have been a lot exactly, exactly. Also, it was cheaper to live like the confirmed bachelor lifestyle than it was to like raise a family and kids on a cowboy's budget because that's where a lot of the work was for i mean at least for the people who couldn't find work anywhere else when the industry was industry when all the shit was changing um oh i have a screenshot give me two seconds this is a quote from paradise of bachelors the social world of men in 19th century america um, I got, it's off of a YouTube video that I watched, so you guys will see the reference that I'm talking about. Um, they also reference it up on the screen in the video. It says, Without presence of women, the always unstable line dividing the homosocial from the homosexual, that is, dividing non-sexual male bonding activities from sexual contact between men, became even more blurred. As traditional notions of normal gender roles were challenged and unsettled, men, sorry, hold on, my dyslexia is kicking in. As traditional notions of normal gender roles were challenged and unsettled, men could display both subtly and open the erotic connections they felt for other men. When the minor, oh, is this in minors? When the miners at the Angel Camp in South California held dances, half of the men danced the part of women wearing patches over the crotches of their pants to signal their feminine role. Okay. right? Interesting. So like I said, they were making their own little community. They were finding ways to make it work because they didn't have, like, access to the normal world. So they were like, fuck it. I'm going to do what feels right, and I'm going to have fun while I do it. It's about damn time. (laughs) 
So in this environment, it was a lot easier for men with gay preferences to find partners. Dushkin Flake. Yuck. <laughs> and that being said, a good way for men, so like, obviously back then, it wasn't like a bad thing if you were gay, because like I said, it was a pretty fluid thing. Nobody really cared. But a good way to like test the waters, I guess, was to bring up a famous gay poet named Walt Whitman, and it said that it was an easy coded way of saying that you were gay back then. Hmm. That's crazy. Isn't it? I kind of love that. Especially, like, I mean, it's like, it's kind of sad that you have to, like, talk about it in secret, even though they were still, like, really free and whatever, but that's really cool that they, like, literally almost developed their own language just mm -hmm. to be able to communicate. Well, and look at how much it changed over time. Like, even, like, today, for example, there's different yeah, like, there's like, changes every fucking generation, if you think true. about it. Yeah, well, it was, like, when Girl in Red came out, and everybody was like, oh, my God, you listen to Girl in Red? And, like, if people said yes, that, that meant that they were gay. There you go. See, <laughs> it keeps happening. I didn't know about that, but that's a good example. I didn't know about that either, and I'm gay. <laughs> Get with the times, bitch. <laughs> I'm an old-ass fucking bitch, I guess. But yeah, so that was one way for people to be like, hey, hey, how you doing? Um, what was crazy to me is that this time, lesbian relationships were more widely, and I put widely in quotations because, like, the acceptance thing was a little back and forth for a really really long time and it still is so take it what take it what way you will but it was more widely accepted than like <laughs> traditional gay relationships <laughs> is that the wrong <laughs> phrasing i don't know um it was mainly because people didn't take the lesbian relationship seriously because there wasn't a man present in the relationship yes so, therefore, lesbians didn't count as having relationships because there was not a penis involved. Fuck that. Stupid. Yeah. I said, <laughs> it says, shocker, I know. It's almost like nothing's changed because nothing has. <laughs> lesbians are still fucking looked at as something for men to ogle that, yeah. because they only do it for their satisfaction. That is still what is thought today. Dude, I literally... Freaking ridiculous. conversation with my dad. I heard it, he was talking about, like, gay porn or something like that, um, and I was like, so, or, and I know it was, he was just, like, talking shit about, like, gay people, and, like, he's like, oh, that's disgusting, and so I was like, well, what about, like, when two girls are, like, in a porn together, like, if two girls are having sex yet, like, is that okay, and he's like, well, yeah, because I enjoyed that, and I was like, you just, argument. yeah, you're missing the whole fucking point of it all, so, Oh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It gets, it gets better. Some of the time, um, there are lesbians who would get... They didn't use the word harassed in the, like, video that I saw, but I said harassed because that's what it fucking was. Um, they would get harassed if one or both were imitating a man either in their sex life or in their dress was the fucking wording they used. Now, 
Your sex life is your fucking business. So who are they to tell you yeah. you are acting like the man in the relationship? Yeah, exactly. What that makes no also, fucking sense. To me. Fucking... That's what I said. Why, I was, why is it your fucking these, business? It's like gender norms. And why is my sex life any of your fucking concerns? Exactly. Like, why does it matter who I have in my bed? I don't bring them to work with me, do I? Mm-hmm. I do, but <laughs> we happen to work together. <laughs> but because of all of the harassment and all of the not being considered in fucking relationships because there's no man, the term romantic friendship was put in place for lesbians as to like not make anything too official with them because you know they could still get like straight married at some point in time. They could just have like a romantic friendship with one of their girlfriends and it didn't right. Yeah. Stupid. Um it was only tolerated to a certain degree. So like for example, if you dressed too much like a man or you acted too much like a man and you didn't know like where your place was in society, you would get bullied i don't fucking know i don't know what else what other word to use you would just get like yeah bullied harassed you would just get fucking like tormented and sometimes you could get fucking like put in jail i bet like if there was someone who had a problem with you like it wouldn't surprise me but some women didn't fucking care some men didn't fucking care and they said i'm gonna do what the fuck i want and one example is a woman whose name was uh shirley martin and she was a female who dressed and or, I guess, acted like a man. And she would come in, Mr. Still Your Girl, if you will, because she would come in and take... <laughs> it's so cute how they phrased it. She would come take them on picture dates or take them out to ice cream. Aww. I thought that shit was so cute. <laughs> it is fuck. And she is quoted saying, and I want this to be known, this woman... Um, like, stepped out and did this thing on her own Mm -hmm. in 1912. So this is, like, even after the cowboy times a little bit, like, coming out of the Wild Wild West period a little bit. Um, she said, she's quoted saying, I might have won a wife if I had tried very hard, though. So she said, I probably could have done it, but I didn't fucking need to. Oh, that's essentially what I got from it. Big oh, purr. Yeah. Big purr. She said, I got bigger balls than all of them. But this is just one of, or a few of many stories I could tell as far as like history goes. Same as the Roman times. Same goes for the cowboy times. There are so, so many things in history that you guys can learn. Um, this is just a small portion of the stuff that I learned. Um... But I'm going to keep trying to, like, push a little bit further forward in the timeline. So around this same time, whatever the, what was her name, Shirley. So I think, I don't, I don't want to say this for sure because it wasn't, like, in any of the videos that I saw. But Shirley, I'm sure, is part of the reason that women felt more comfortable branching out and dressing and acting how they wanted because she was like, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to give a fuck about who's watching and I'm going to do what I want. So I would like to think that she had a hand in like women feeling like whether they wanted to do it just solely for protection or because that's who they felt like they were that they could. 
So women had started dressing like men for other reasons, which I just said, which was like safety, because it was dangerous. Nothing has fucking changed to this yeah. day. It was dangerous for a woman to walk around alone. <laughs> Why does nothing ever change? Why is the narrative always the same? years ago. 200 years ago. Same shit is going on right now. Oh, wait. Ridiculous. This is the 1900s? This is 100 years ago. Either way, Whatever. that's a long Same difference. Something should have changed by now, but obviously nothing has. So, with it being too dangerous for them to walk alone, some women would dress as men to, like, walk their family members or loved ones, friends, whatever, to and from places to make sure that they were safe. But there was also people who would walk, like, sex workers, like women dressed as men, helping keep sex workers safe so that they didn't seem to be alone all by themselves all the time either. Which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um... And a kind of funny one is there was also women who would dress up in male clothing just so they could go commit crimes. Oh, <laughs> damn. And, like, facial recognition wasn't a thing. So they'd yeah. be like, yeah, it was a it was four a foot man. three man with a beard that looked like a marker. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, okay, so here is. Kind of where I was talking about earlier, um, I only have one example, like I said, because I wanted this episode to be a little bit manageable. So, um, in some cases, there were trans men who were cowboys who were very clear about their preferences and wanted to be recognized for, like, who they were. Like, they wanted people to know that they lived as the way that they wanted to live, like as yeah. a trans man, whatever have you, that entails. So, um, oftentimes they were, it says that most times they were still respected because they were like, yeah, I'm a man, I live my life as a man. And people were like, I then do you. And obviously it didn't always go that way, but I didn't do the research and all the nitty gritty stuff. So as always, there's two sides to every fucking coin, right? And so it kind of comes down to basically the moral of the story is everyone respected and minded their own business and everything was fine. Like it didn't matter if they were transgender or not. Exactly. It didn't. And. Like I said, I'm not going to go too far into it. It was just, oh my god, did I even write down their name? Oh, oh, okay. So I said that there were trans men. I don't have any specific examples. I just realized that. Because the specific examples are what I was going to wait to go into if I wanted to do do another video. Yeah. So, moral of the story is there are many that existed. There's a whole YouTube video of an example of probably five or six of them just in that time period alone. Okay? So, obviously, gay, trans, bi, all of them have existed all of time. Whether there was a label to it or not, it's all existed at some point. Before any of us could even fucking conceive what was going on. So, now... I love that the gays are back. I know, me too. And I really (laughs) do more research into it. I feel bad because I feel like I'm not giving you guys as much as I wanted to. No, dude. But like I said, there was so much. Mm. Like, I, I'm i not saying I chose what I felt was most important. I honestly had, like, a handful of YouTube videos that I watched, and I was like, this has got to be good for now because I, <laughs> I can't. But 
I tried, I tried hard, so I apologize if it's not as much as you would like, yeah. but if you would like more in-depth stuff, let us know. Yeah. Well, and I honestly True. feel like I've learned a lot today. Like, See, that's I, what I thought. I'm surprised both of you with a couple of the things that I've said. Mm-hmm. So, no, this is perfect. I really like, I really like your research so far. Good. I'm mm-hmm. happy you're not. I feel like a fucking chicken with its head right now. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of um a little bit more of a time jump. The last one that I talked about um from the 1912 article was obviously in fucking 1912. So now I'm kind of going to jump, I guess it would be, I'm going to say between like the 1930s and the 1950s because I didn't really get a clear time on, like, when shit started. Obviously, like I said, the fluidity thing is kind of weird. Um, so the first thing that you should know is, as a society, like, once we stopped having, like, the Wild West and the Roman shit, like, in our midst, being gay 50 years ago was literally illegal. You guys, listen to me when I say this. For any of those who you don't know, being gay 50 years ago was against the law. Like, Mm -hmm. take a minute. Think about it. Let it marinate. Because what fucking sense does that make? How can you put someone in jail for being gay? What? They were... They were, it was illegal in every province of Canada and every state in America. Jesus. And we know that outside of the U.S. and Canada, oh, yeah. there's plenty of places that are Even not today. nice to gays. Even today. So yes. Cool. So that kind of fucking blew my mind. I didn't know that it was illegal in every province in Canada. I know. Too. I thought Canada was the good guy. Well, they were the first ones to legalize it when it went, like, mainstream or whatever. But That's they... Great. They were part of the problem too once upon a time, just like everybody else. Um, it's also said that people, I mean, obviously this isn't hard to imagine because just sorry if your grandparents are like this and I'm saying this, but mm-hmm. some some like people's grandparents were calling gays like sex addicts and like prostitutes and mm-hmm. Saying that they were sick in the head and deviant because of their sexuality or their sexual preference, which is disgusting. Yeah. Like, ugh. I'd say he's Christian. Even, he's a Christian. even as a child, it never made sense to me why people were so yeah, well, like, it's because fucking uppity about that. Exactly. It's because, ugh. I, I it's hard to imagine being raised that but... way when I'm... Because I've always been raised a very open person, so it's just hard to think that there are people out there who were raised in such an opposite way of me that they're just, like, hateful. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of scary to think. People will do anything for fucking Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy. <laughs> 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 they'll raid countries, they'll start wars. True. Um, so with that being said, because, you know, being gay was deviant and was a fucking crime... Being out, people who were confident and who were ready to, like, tell people who they were, were, like, struggling. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't be able to find jobs anywhere. There are people in their lives that would ice them out. Some, like, family members, some friends, like, just like today. Like I said, not a lot has fucking changed. And, yeah, so they would basically have to, like, go underground and 
you know, just kind of figure it out from there. But those who didn't want to deal with, like, the hatred and all of the nastiness that comes with being out publicly, they would just try their best to, like, blend in and... <sighs> the phrase is called passing, and that's what I was about to say, is blend in and just, like, pass in public, like, as if you're whatever. Like, and it's kind of sad, though, because while somebody is trying to, quote-unquote, and be like act straight and be able to be in public without getting fucking ridiculed they were basically fucking invisible like they couldn't they couldn't be who they were they had to be a a person who isn't them that's how i see it because like chris like how would it make you either of you feel if you had sexuality and you just had to like play straight oh like how much harder exactly yeah and there are people who did that all of yeah. their adult fucking life. Not gonna lie, I would have jumped off a cliff. Just, that shit was too rough. Well, that was, yeah, that was the reality of the situation. Like, nobody was accepting. And to me, the jump, even from 1912 to 1930, what the fuck happened? Why was it so okay and so I don't care as long as, like, if I don't ask you, don't tell me? Why did it all of a sudden become a thing that was such a big deal? So Easterner started doing this. Probably. And ridiculous. Everyone was like, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm gay! I'm gay! The fact that the word deviant was a descriptor mm-hmm. Ew, makes a me angry. That makes me angry because, mm-hmm. like, gay people were like, I feel like they were personally put on the same level as, like, fucking devil worshippers or yeah. something in that time. Like, people were terrified of people who hailed Satan and who yeah. did all these crazy things, but they were just as scared of gay people for living the life that they wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why is someone having sex with a man any different than you having sex with Susie yeah. on, like, on any given night? Literally. Like, why is it your fucking business? I... I've always been that way. I just, I still don't fucking get it. Even today, like, like, what the fuck? If someone wants to be as flamboyant as fuck as they want, let them. Yeah. Let hurting them fly their freak flag. Nobody cares. Yeah. You live one life. Live it exactly. to the fullest and live it to be you. Exactly. Like I said, be you. So that's pretty much all the research that I have uh, thus far. Like yeah, I said, I didn't get too far into like current times, but that was good. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. That was good. Um. So <laughs> mine does. I like kind of weird. It's kind of weird where you stopped because mine picks up right around the 1930s, like like right in the oh, 1930s. Perfect. Oh yeah. Perfect. So are you okay um, if I go next? Um, what for this one i'm just gonna interject a couple of my people as you're like talking about the time periods that you're in if it's okay. at all possible um and then if i don't have the chance because like you don't talk about the time period then we'll go less okay perfect all right you guys so thank you Darielle. claps in the club for that yeah. awesome research um 
my topic for this episode is going to be all about um, drag queens and how they shaped the LGBTQ plus community. Sure. So we're going to flash back. My first point is um, way back in the Roman time, but then it fast forwards real quick. So the earliest form of drag queens goes all the way back to Shakespearean times. Back in these times, only men were allowed to be actors. But we know in all of these plays that there were females and males in a play. So everybody, all the actors would be male, but the ones playing female parts would dress up in drag. They would wear wigs. They would put on makeup. They would wear dresses, and they would perform. And so... situation from the the cowboy days. Yeah. But they had more ways to... To do it. Yeah. So, and I, I, it's definitely, it's fucked up that females weren't allowed to be actresses. That's really fucked mm-hmm. up. But, um, like, drag queen, like, somebody being a drag queen goes back way farther. It might not be for the same reasons as today, but they were, they were wild. men. Yeah. They were men dressed as women and portrayed as women. So it's the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So right around the 1920s. So I know that was Shakespearean time, and that went on for however long the Roman time went. Um, but now we're going to fast forward to the 1920s. This is the very early stages of... Um, the name drag queen, like the title drag queen. So it started, it was not popular at all, especially in the US. Um, It was very popular in European countries like France and Germany. Um, Guys would dress up in drag and perform. Um, A popular, so one of the first popular drag queens, it was actually a duo, it was these twin these twin guys um they both felt like it was their calling to dress up as women and perform for all these straight men um they were known as the rocky twins and they were in paris and they got really big they were super popular everybody really liked them um and drag did not necessarily hit the u.s or north america until about the 1950s um yeah. the first yeah that's crazy i actually didn't realize that the first one of the first um super popular drag queens in the u.s um his name was kit russell and he paved the way for a lot of future drag queens um or aspiring drag queens he was admired for his artistic skills and how he could completely transform himself and contour and contour himself into a woman. Uh, Kit was actually on the cover of countless magazines, and he was also making a lot of money in New York. That New York is like they really, yeah, they really are the melting pot, bro. They just are like them in Los Angeles. I feel like are the two places that. You could, you could be who you wanted, and there's a niche group somewhere that will yeah. accept you no matter what. Yeah. So, 
So he really paved the way. Um, not a whole lot of other big names necessarily popped up. Um, but we're going to fast forward to the 1980s now. Unless you so got something. Actually, if you're okay with it, um, I actually have um, a little bit of something from someone who... Um, she was alive from 1920 to 2014, um, and she was actually the first drag king um, oh, in wow. New York. Um, her her name is Stormy De Larvery, or De. No, I feel like that does not sound right. Yeah, Stormy De Larvery, um, and she was an African American um, lesbian uh, who was an entertainer. Um, like at the core of her being, she was an entertainer. Um, she worked uh, for a long time as a singer and MC, um, and also as a bouncer and a bodyguard for um, some of the lesbian bars in New York. Um, and like a lot of people down there, kind of like referred to her as like the. Oh, what is it? They kind of just referred to her as like a gay superhero for like the lesbian bars down there because she was always watching out for um like her girls and love that um, you know that's kind of crazy to me i understand now more because people didn't consider lesbian relationships relationships because of no penis whatever Mm -hmm. the more i hear about it it's kind of crazy to me that lesbians like when you hear about gay history, it feels like gay history and like the history that lesbians have are almost two totally different things. Yeah. Even though they are really one and the same. No, you're you're kind of right with that though. Um, Stormy, okay, so Stormy Delivery, I was talking about how um she was basically like a gay superhero for um locals in manhattan um that went to the gay and lesbian bars down there because she just like watched out for her people um and she also um was someone that um kind of started the stonewall riot um oh she yeah um she um there's a lot of witnesses that say that she was um so she was being taken out of this bar by uh, police officers, and she had, like, oh, what was the thing? Um, she basically was, like, didn't, wasn't understanding, like, why she was being arrested. Um, and she was trying to ask questions, and she got hit in the head with a baton, and it made her bleed. And so after that happened, they kept trying to take her outside into their um, car, and she got out of their, like, grasp four different times. Um, And then finally, she, like, looked at the crowd, and she was like, aren't any of you gonna help me? And then finally, the cops went out and, um, like, got her outside, but then, like, that's what started everything, um, was people were going out and fighting for her. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. that she had to be like yo what the like why are you just standing what's going on literally um and so i just like have a little bit uh written down about her um uh after that uh the stonewall riots like she went on to do to be a drag king and all of that um she was part of the stonewall veterans association um and she also like had a huge effect on gay fashion um in america um especially for lesbians um, she kind of, kind of like how you were saying, um, uh, the cowboys had to, like, 
dress up as um or like the cowgirls had to dress up as men or some of them um, for like safety reasons yeah for safety reasons and then some of them were just trans men that um wanted to live their life um and so she kind of started a new wave of wearing men's clothing as a fashion choice and people started using it more for like their streetwear and their um like things like that like their everyday clothes um but yeah um so it's just like a little bit about um someone from the 50s um that kind wow, of had a really big impact on yeah. crazy yeah. so yeah there's just a little something something about stormy de larbury is her name very and nice. All my information from like Wikipedia. I kind of be a baby back bitch, but it's still accurate. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah, Stonewall was pretty pretty major for the gay community. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the main um, things that he's not able to get into. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. So. From that, we are going to go ahead and fast forward to the 1980s, a little bit more recent. So in the 1980s, there was a very popular um, drag queen known as Lady Bunny. And mm-hmm. I already knew of her. Yeah, Lady Bunny. She is... I heard of that. Logan, you haven't even heard of her? I don't think so. No. Oh, girl. Girl, okay. So... This Lady Bunny uh, drag queen, like, so that other drag queen kit might have laid down some foundation, but Lady Bunny really tried, her whole goal was to allow others to be able to express themselves through drag. So in 1984, the festival Wigstock which is kind of some play on words. Yeah, yeah. Off of Woodstock. Um, it was formed by this lady bunny. Um, at this festival, tickets were sold um, as an outdoor performance in Tompkins, Tompkins Square Park in New York. And uh, you bought tickets to watch drag queens perform together. Um, and in five years... It grew in popularity so much that they had to move the venue to the entire pier of New York. As opposed to a section of Times Square. Oh, wow. That's yeah. It was huge. It was so huge. Oh, because it was um, too big. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, they this were... Times Square was too big? No, oh, because they had too many... Yeah, so, so many people were oh, so interested. I thought they were just like, no, you can't perform there. And I was like, yeah. no. No, in just crazy. five years, it had grown in popularity so much. Like, people were That's eating it up. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, unfortunately, in 2000 and 2001, it had rained all day on both days. And the performers were sick of their makeup running and their wigs getting ruined. And they weren't selling nearly as many, or they were selling tickets, but nobody was showing up because it was pouring rain. So it was yeah. not a good time for anyone. So after 2000 and 2001, they stopped it. They canceled it. The hey, entire it festival. Give it to the gays to be dramatic as hell. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it literally, here's the thing. 
it literally <laughs> rained. It literally rained on their parade two years in a row, and they're like, "Ah, fuck it." <laughs> So this lady bunny has um, by far done the most for um, the drag queen community. Mm-hmm. Um, so <coughs> um, so lady bunny hosted countless festivals and drag shows like she she hosted a whole bunch of drag um, contests and um, uh, other festivals in bars and everything specifically for the reason or for the, what am I trying to think of? Her ultimate goal was to get other people that even had like a slight interest in drag to come out and try it and to get their name out there. You know? Oh, I know. And uh, later on, so I don't know exactly what time this was, but it was a little bit, it was into the 2000s a little bit. She actually performed with Christina Aguilera at Radio Hall. Damn. Oh that's my fucking God. Cool. I know. And Christina loved her. Loved oh, her. She yeah. she even tweeted after the show. Um, hold on, I have a quote in here. Um, <laughs> Christina tweeted after the show. I was upstaged and outshined at my own show. Hashtag diva. <gasps> yep. And people loved it. Christina Aguilera is a pretty big diva, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I know. That's pretty impressive. And so, just to wrap up Lady Bunny, she used her fame and all of her own money to help get other drag queens' names out there. To help promote them. Amazing. I can't believe I've never heard name before yeah she's she's a pretty important part of drag queen history um all right you can only hope that someone like a trixie mattel of a time like now would do something like that too yeah yeah oh i hope she does i'm sure their career is just like it's they're super famous right now obviously but she has so much more that she has to do with her career she's just getting her Oh, dipped yeah, into all the things that she can do. You're absolutely right. So it's amazing how much impact, like not even just drag queens, but gays and everyone alike who has had so much like in the last fucking five years that have just exploded in popularity. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely crazy. I'm here for it. Absolutely yep. here for it. It's just wild. I just hope it's not one of those things that's like a trend that fucking yeah, it's just like everything else. No, I want Because everything like, has to be a fucking trend. I want shit that, like, I wish I had as a kid. Like, I want to see the pe- these people, like, blow up and, like, in the media. And, like, I want to see them doing these great things and also uh-huh. being fucking gay. And, like, because if I had had that as a kid, like, I think that would have helped me out a lot. Especially, like, the household that I grew up in. Like, yeah. just having the representation in the media. So it's really nice. Like, things have come a really long way. But at the same time, like even there's reading, still so much. Like, yeah, there's a lot more more further we have to go, and like we have to learn how to stop repeating these cycles. Because like a lot of it is just the same shit over and over. Not to be oh, that yeah. bitch, but they're literally trying to fight to take away everyone's rights. Yeah, literally. If Roberts's Wade actually gets taken away, 
the next thing that they're going to come for is the rights of trans, gay, LGBTQ people who just got their safety in, like, the medical system. Like, they finally can, like, go somewhere and feel safe and have someone who, (coughs) the law, by law, cannot disclose anything and feel safe. Mm -hmm. They're trying to fucking rip that away. And we, listen, you guys, we have not, like, we collectively as a society have not been, like, gay approving for long. It's been maybe fucking 10 years maybe of people being like yeah be gay be you maybe and before then it was like a hundred years exactly like when we were kids people still talked i mean obviously there's going to be a point in time where like there is always a certain group of people at some point in time that will talk shit about any given thing yeah that is just the reality of life but the fact that sorry The fact that we are literally, like, rolling the clock back in time, or trying to, starting with women, and, like, what? Like, we finally got where we want to be, like, either as women, or as gays, or whatever, and now they're like, "Mm." I don't know about that. Yeah, oh, speaking of which, um, just a quick little, like, segue... We just got some ballots in the mail, um, so that means oh, like yes. local elections are happening soon. So everybody needs to pay attention to those. Especially to now. if you are old enough to vote, please mm-hmm. make your voice known. Yeah. We are the generation that can make a change. Exactly, and you can also like you can make more of a difference in a local election than you ever would a presidential election. Facts. We know all of that shit is fucking like so rigged. Rigged to high hell. <laughs> Yeah, like, your state elections are a little bit different, and, like, your local, like, county elections. You can call into offices, you can text in things, you can email things, you can bother your people. Those affect your community. Take your state elections very seriously. I have not in the past, and I have immensely regretted it. Yep. Yep. All right, that's a little PSA. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the gay history, sorry. (laughs) All right. So, my last little, I mean, it's not little, it's a long-ass fucking point, but... I'm here for it, I'm excited. The last influential drag queen that I'm sure everybody's been waiting to hear about, and that everybody knows, (laughs) Miss RuPaul. (laughs) Oh, her. Yep. So, uh, in 1987, in 1987, RuPaul started performing, um... At go-go bars, and she was actually on the TV show The Gong Show on MTV. And I have literally never heard of that. And I almost, if I had more time before we recorded this, I definitely would have looked at a snippet on YouTube or something. But she was on it, (laughs) you know. And that got the name RuPaul out there. Um, Shortly after that, RuPaul then... Um, went on a music kick and started making music. Um, her first album, Supermodel of the World, came out, and uh, there was one particular song on there called Supermodel that was a mega hit. Like it was, it was mainstream, and it came from a drag queen. You know? Damn! Hell yeah! Yeah, we love that. Mm-hmm. And that is the one song that kickstarted her entire career. Um, in the, 
in the two years following that song coming out, she was in three movies. She starred in three movies. Holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking um, yeah. Like every person, gay or straight, knew the name RuPaul at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, after those, um, on the second year after that um, song came out, Supermodel, RuPaul was offered a contract with Mac Cosmetics, which was a big deal because uh, um, she was the first drag queen to be a spokesperson for a major cosmetic company. Wow. I actually didn't know any of this about RuPaul. This is kind yeah. of crazy. Um, RuPaul made a couple more... Uh, she made a couple more albums over the next 10 years, but she wasn't laying low, but she, she did a couple more movies, a couple more albums. Um, she was already big, so she couldn't really get bigger at this point, you know? Right. Although, when two thousand, mm-hmm. yeah, in two thousand nine, RuPaul had enough money to make her own show called RuPaul's Drag Race. Swear it is. Oh my God, the show makes so much more sense now. Yeah, yep. she funds her own show. Yep. Oh, the controversies are just making so many more. Oh, so many more connections are happening right now. Wow. Yep. And Still a good every- show, but oh my god, I did not know that she. I never thought to fucking look it up, but I thought it was just like every other show where there was like a board of directors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This, you know that. That's nope. crazy. She wanted her own show, though, so that she could do what Lady Bunny started doing, uh, putting oh. other drag queens' names out there. Yes, because she fell in love with this alter ego. Um. Of RuPaul, and she was like, "Well, I've re- other people are doing it, so maybe they sh- they just need a platform to grow off of." Yeah. Um, RuPaul has also gotten um and uh not gotten an Emmy, but has been nominated for an Emmy almost every year that this show has aired for being the host. Oh wow! wow. It's kind of crazy that he's never or she's never won one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Uh. And because of this show, and because she's invited all of these drag queens to come compete, a lot of the drag queens, most of the drag queens that have been on the show, have since gotten contract deals with different companies and gotten spokesman deals because they were able to advertise to such a major audience. Mm-hmm. One like of them... This is, partly, this is partly where like reality TV became like both a very good thing and also the bane of our fucking existence because shows like that and like keeping up with the kardashians and like all these other shows that came out in the early 2000s fucking blows my mind to think about it like that because you're like yeah like when you think of a tv show like that you're like yeah there's one winner one person gets all this fame and all this Mm -hmm. glory but that's not how it works on any reality tv show none of them no, you get your just... five minutes of fame on TV, and you will likely get a job somewhere else. Yeah, which absolutely. Bananas. So, um, to bring up a, a specific example, my favorite drag queen, Trixie Mattel, was on season six of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, and she didn't win. 
but she was able to get um, her own show on uh, uh, Wow Presents uh, with another drag queen that was on that season. And that has grown like crazy. Uh, Trixie has also gotten a deal with, I don't remember the cosmetics company, but she's come out with three different eyeshadow palettes and countless others. And then she started her own makeup cosmetics um, company. Damn. Uh Uh-huh. And lastly, she is now... She has a show on Discovery Plus called Trixie Motel, where she is completely tearing down this old busted motel and making it all pink. And I don't, I haven't, none, uh, no episodes are out just yet. It's, they just got accepted by Discovery Plus, but that is, she has grown tremendously all from being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if she wasn't on the show, like, how would she have even been discovered? Exactly. Yeah, no, she's literally from Wisconsin. She's from fucking Cheese World. Oh, damn. Yeah. Lots of lots of gays up there. <laughs> yeah. And a whole bunch of other drag queens have haven't grown to that quite extent, but they have they have got their name out there and now they're doing bigger and better things with their life, you know? Yeah. But I mentioned the good, so I do have to mention the bad about RuPaul's Drag Race as well. Unfortunately, yep, the fame has gotten has already gotten to Miss RuPaul's head. Um, She is untouchable at this point, so it doesn't matter what she does. As most celebrities are. Yes. They get to a certain point, and it's just smooth sailing. Yep. Because you can throw fucking millions of dollars at your problem while you're still funneling in millions of dollars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, if you are even being considered as a contestant for this show, you have to sign a very lengthy contract, which most people didn't even read. But, to name a few things that were in this contract, um, you must be fully willing to recreate entire scenes that happened on the show but make it more dramatic for the audience. So they will stop everything and say, okay, take it back. Redo it. Redo it, but be more dramatic. More dramatic. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. So we want it bigger. Exactly. Um, They will also not allow you to have any contact with the outside world. They will take away your phone and internet privileges so that you cannot talk. What? They tell you that when they're on, like on the show, though. Well, even if you're being considered, you have to sign this contract that says this. You don't even have to be fully accepted yet. If you're being considered, you have no to sign this contract. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. So when you sign the contract, is that when you have to give up your phone and shit already? No, no, no. So they don't. They just have to make sure that you're willing to do all this. Um, if oh, you're being considered, they're willing to accept you in. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I thought they were being like tested. Like you have to give us your phone, and you can't talk to anybody if you want to be on this show. And I was like, Yo, what the fuck? No, no. So you're not allowed to talk to anybody. You're not even allowed to leave the set. Um, your food, most of your food and drink is provided, but it is not. It is not any any kind of stable meal. It is very light, very light meal. Um, yeah. Um, 
you literally can't go outside unless it's to take a smoke break and it's behind the set with producers watching you. Damn. That sounds like fucking prison. Yeah. Um, And this is the really, really shitty part that I didn't know up until I was researching this. If you had a YouTube channel previous and you got onto Drag Race, you now have to share a certain percentage of your YouTube profits with the show. What the fuck? Yeah. You have to link... You have to link your YouTube account to RuPaul's Drag Race um, YouTube account so that they get a percentage of your money. Mm -mm. And that goes until that goes until a year after you're off the show as well. Oh, so they're just gonna break in all the fucking money while you're the most hype and the most famous, and then they'll be like, okay, you've been here for a year. Go on your own. Yeah. In in the producers' words, all the fame they gathered are all the fame that the the new drag queens gathered was because of them, so they deserve some of the profits. Oh. I that is such a selfish way to look at it. It is like, very you said selfish. You wanted to do this for the good of the community. And because you wanted to get other drag queen queen names out there, and now you're fucking exploiting them. Yep. Especially when they're all competing, like. Yeah, they're all competing against each other, making enemies, like fucking. Some people like break their arm, or like their fucking mental health is like fucked after the show. Like, they're basically fucking tortured. That's how all reality TV is, though, and that's scary. Yeah. Like you never heard about this growing up, but now you're hearing about all these reality show people who came off, and they're like. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it was awful. They didn't give us food. They didn't give us water. Like, it was hot. Yep. You just um, really never know what you're going into. And, of course, they're not going to fucking pay attention to the contract because they're so fucking celebrity-struck yeah. by getting on RuPaul's show. They're yep. like, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it. Yep. And just to put the cherry on top for that entire year after your season... You also cannot film a video. You cannot be in any kind of advertisement without letting the producers know. And if they don't want you on it, you're not getting on it because you signed that contract. And they can sue your ass for all of the money that you have if you do it anyways. For a year after your season. But what the fuck? Yeah. That's fucked up. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's a year after your season airs, and that shit takes forever to air all the episodes. Like They film for eight months, and then it is premiered for, like, six. And then you have another... You're basically fucked for two fucking years. Yep. Oh my god, that's wild! So, I don't mean to end on such a um, nasty note, but... You know, it does, it helps, it helps the drag queens get out there, but it also kind of fucks them for a little while. So, you know, everything, everything, everything has a cost. Everything has a price. Damn. Holy shit. Wow. That kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth about RuPaul. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that there was some spicy stuff. I knew there was some spicy stuff too. I didn't realize that's what it was though. God, it's because money gets to everyone's head. It doesn't matter who you are, how humble you start out, how, like, how much you pretend to be down to earth. Once you have that much fucking money, nothing matters except for money. 
Like, that's all you fucking care about. Hey, and that's like, so disgusting. Like, you may make people compete with each other. We're just gonna have them fighting. I get. So, does the RuPaul contract only go for if you win and they accept you? Or is the contract for every single person who enters that show? Every contestant that it, that is on the show. Not just the All winner. Of them for a year? Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, that's how he makes so much episode God. and then get kicked off. Oh yeah, even even if you get kicked off, that contract is still valid. Oh my god, it makes so much sense why none of these drag queens go like anywhere the first year and a half that they're off of that fucking yep. show. Yep. Or any fucking can't. reality TV stars for anything. Yep. Wow, that's skeezy. That's skeezy as fuck. So like, if you just did that with the winner, I'd be like, okay, like I guess you're trying to make your money back for helping them become so successful. But everybody? Yeah. Like some of those people are just like nobodies who came off the street because they wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. And now they have to pay you for their yep. five minutes before you fucking kicked them off? Yep. What? Oh my god. Oh my god. Yep. That sucks. Crying in the club. Yep. But yeah, that's all my crying. notes on drag queen history. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was geez. spicy. Good <coughs> shit. Um, also, I'm, I'm sorry, real have... quick. I really have to take a fat piss. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I also only have one. Chris, we're Chris cutting out place. so you can take a fat piss. I'll tell you when to come back in. Well, I mean, that was a kind of a downer to end it on, you know, but um, I think that just about wraps up our gay history episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Influential people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The influence. All the gay histories. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun researching all of this stuff. And honestly, like seriously, if you guys do want any more like deep dive information about any of this stuff please, please let us know. Because if it's something you're interested in, we absolutely want to cover it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. We, we do things that we're interested in, but if you guys have ideas that you want us to do that you don't really feel like researching yourself, but you still want to hear about it, shoot us a direct message or shoot us an email and let us know, and we will definitely cover it at some point. Because we're interested in you guys, which means we're interested in the things that you're interested in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Let us know. We'd love to hear about it and talk about it. Yep. All right. Well, do we want to go ahead and jump into some song recommendations? Do you want to go ahead and say yours, Dariel? Yeah, I can. Okay. Um. So my song recommendation today, Um. I am a big scroller. So, like, I get on my social media. It doesn't matter what fucking app it is. And I will just sit there and get lost in the posts for like an hour, whether it be Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, doesn't fucking matter. So with me getting lost in these videos, I often find myself like gravitating towards the music that I see on them. And yesterday there was a video, I can't remember what the video was, but this song was playing in the background and it was a beautiful brown skinned girl. And I don't remember if she was like braiding her hair or if she was dancing or what. But I heard this song. It's called Pretty Brown Skin by Eugene King. And King is with two eyes. 
it is just such a cute song. It's basically just like lifting up girls with pretty brown skin. That's the first three words of the song. Is pretty brown skin, pretty light skin, and just everything in that kind of area. And I honestly, I don't know if it, you know what, I'm not even going to say that. I think music like that needs to be more mainstream because I know growing up as a half black little girl, hearing songs like this would have made me feel so special because you don't often hear songs about like like the dark skin girls or like the brown skin girls it's always like you know in the music videos they're portrayed as like skinny blonde you know like whatever you don't ever hear music videos about like pretty brown girls and i just i love that it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside that's really cute love black artists it makes me feel it makes me feel special even though like it's a song for the masses it makes you feel special in your own right because it feels like they're talking to you yeah so that's why i really liked it i haven't even listened to the whole thing i listened to the first like 30 seconds and i was like oh my god i love this so they need it anyway yes so i immediately saved it to my spotify playlist <laughs> so i could listen to it but that's my song i like it oh, yeah. i'm excited to listen to it yeah all right logan do you have one picked out yeah, um, so my song is going to be called, um, I always say that like I'm about to name the song, like give it the name its first time, for the first time. Um, this song is uh, Grateful by Emanate and Forest. Um, I picked this one just because I really like Emanate. Um, I think I've recommended one of his songs on the podcast before. Um, but all of his music is just like really happy. Um, and this song is just, um, it's a song about like how he's grateful for the people in his life and um, like the relationships that he has. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just a really good song. It's really bouncy. Um, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, it's like also kind of like reggae. Um, it's like got the reggae like tone in the background. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. It's a really good song. I think y'all would enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, to go ahead and wrap up the song recommendations. So I've recommended a song by Betty Who in the past. It was uh, Mama Say. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But recently I found out that she is going to be performing at Denver Pride, which I am attending. So I've had Yep. I've had to go and listen to all of her albums so that no matter what discography she chooses to to uh, perform, I will be able to sing along to all of it. Oh so, yeah. true fan. True fan. And I found all this out pretty recently after Jack and I broke up. Um and this song that I've really resonated with is called Old Me. And it is literally her singing about how she was in a relationship um, and it was changing her and she didn't like it. Um, and now that they're broken up, she's back to her old self. And that's, oh, wow. I that song was like made for you. I know. Shit. I know. And so I resonated with it. I resonate with it like a lot because I still have all of the <clears throat> good memories and I still, I will keep the things that changed in me for the better, the things, the things that changed in me for the better, I will keep with them. I, 
fuck? <laughs> Keep with you always. Yes, the good the good changes that I experienced, I will keep. But other than that, I am back to my old self. Um, good shall and... remain, and the rest shall exit. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's As by Betty Who. Say, inhale the good shit, exhale the bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. Good shit being air, guys. Well, all right, everyone. I think that just about wraps up our influential LGBTQ people and our gay history episode. Go ahead and oh, tell yeah. us what you thought of it. Today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can do that by emailing us at theminorities at gmail.com. That's T-E-A-S, no capitals or spaces. Um, you can also follow us wherever you're listening to us on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Podbean. Um, we're on all your favorite podcasting services. Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram. It's the same thing, uh, at the minorities, T-E-A-S. Uh, we have been posting a lot more on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, which is the minorities official. Is that what it is? Let me look it up. Let me make sure. Hold on. Two seconds, y'all. Yeah, so the name of the account is... It's at the Minorities Official on TikTok, if you want to follow it. Yeah. Um, but we post pretty much in both places, so you can find announcements on either page. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and but... follow them both. Yeah. yeah follow, yeah, for sure. Follow all of our accounts if you want to be super up-to-date on everything. Um, but yeah, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Share it with people. Email us. Talk to us, guys. We really would love your feedback, your comments, your questions, anything. Hell Literally yeah. anything you want to send in. We just would love to hear from you guys at all. Yeah. We want to be like your guys' friends. We can't do that if we don't know anything. Exactly. So come be part of the family. Yeah. Come join the tea bags. Oh, also, yeah, I might as well fucking throw that in there. Based on the stats that we put out on the Instagram a couple weeks ago, 84% of people would prefer to be called tea bags because there was no other suggestions. <laughs> so, for the time being, we will call you tea bags unless we get a better yeah. option. So, another reason for you guys to. Talk to us, send some stuff in. Yeah, if you don't want to call tea bags, please let us know. <laughs> Darielle's just salty because she lost. <laughs> okay, she might. She we we might have lost the Burt's Bees Bros argument, but we're gonna be calling the fans the tea bags. <laughs> oh, all right. And we'll see, see you, see you next, next time. Bye bye. That's so far behind. What the fuck?